The following podcast is a work of fiction. All characters are the creation of Peter Williams. Any resemblance to someone living or dead is purely coincidental. Thank you. Rain, rain, go away. Maggie can't stop and play. As she wanders her way back home. What an absolute mess. She failed to kill Jonah. Found out her father's human. And yet, a monster after all. What shall she do? What shall she do? Soak to the bones this tentacle Tuesday. I guess this is where I need to remind you that this podcast does contain images of graphic violence, child endangerment, and that lovely, naughty, salty language we all adore. <laughs> and it may not be suitable for children under the age of 13. Now, grab a cup of tea from whatever tea shop I got confused with in last week's finale as we sit back and see how a mouse feels in Chapter 12, Cornered. The house lay strewn about, a shattered shell of broken wood, glass, and concrete. Only a lone wall stood defiantly amongst the wreckage, its bluestone rock surrounding the iron core of a fireplace. A dark presence still loomed here, as rain continued to pour, spraying the exposed rock and wood. Overhead, thunder boomed and echoed over the hills as something shifted, squirmed in the fireplace. A slavenish creature, burnt and bruised, twisting itself until it could pour forth onto the wet floor. It made a sucking, squelching noise as one of its many tentacles slapped the blue rock, using it to pull itself forth until it could take shape again. It tilted its neck and spit out some muck, a disjointed facsimile of a man. Nasty, nasty, nasty demon. Not play fair with old Mr. Collins. No, 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 unfair. I wasn't expecting you. Indeed, I wasn't. It looked about the wreckage, shaking its misshapen head in disapproval. Oh, mother's going to be so mad, so mad. Daughter, too. <laughs> I wonder how she'll punish me this time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Punish, but it's not all my fault. It's not, it's not. Demons, fox angels, and that nasty, nasty fire. Oh, it wouldn't have gone so wrong if she hadn't been here. Useless, useless daughter, useless witch. He spied something sticking half out of some mangled floorboards and the base of the wall. Oh, oh, what's this? He asked gleefully, reaching out and grabbing the cruel knife Maggie had dropped that lay buried near the doorframe. Look, look, see? It wasn't me, darling. It wasn't. Another figure joined the shade, a shadow in a shadow. It took the knife from the man and inspected it. No blood, just scrape marks. Useless. What happened to the boy? Could you ensnare him in the shadows? No, no, no. False angel, false. Saved him. Hurt me bad, it did. Jack Stevens? Mother said he was no more. How would that be possible? No, no, not Stevens. I didn't recognize her. She was new. The shadow turned back to the mantle. This was unfortunate news, but... It grabbed the small statue and tossed it at the creature. Take this. Return it to the temple. 
it must be lost and found again so that we may continue to subvert his will. If the creature could have frowned, it would have done so. Replace me? No? Yes? No. I could never replace you, darling. You're too valuable to me. Plus, looking at the blade as it turned into a wisp. You just helped me solidify a bad situation for our good. Reginald smiled and disintegrated into the muck. He would move through the earth and the dark wells until it reached the runes it sought. He didn't know how long it would be until the statue was found again, nor by who, but he could be sure that it would create pain, wondrous, joyous pain. The storm seemed relentless as Maggie was soaked to the bone by the time she reached the little alleyway and the entrance to the flower shop. It seemed different somehow, as shadows stretched and bent in unusual shapes and seemed to whisper as she approached. Had they always been here? Their incessant whispers made her head pound more as she placed a key in the lock of the door and turned the knob. The shop was cold, empty, and like outside, the shadows seemed to rush towards her with a strange longing. They wanted her. They wanted to wrap her in a shroud and embrace her in their dark, menacing desires. With her, they could fulfill so much, so much of what they had given up so much of what their master commanded. She was a flesh and blood conduit, and she knew better than to react. Instead, she said nothing and did nothing to refuse them or their embrace. It had to be like this, until a dreadful realization crossed her mind. The knife. She had left it at the house. Now, now how could she pull this off? She would need to go back, find it, kill a small animal and mix its blood with her own. Perhaps that would trick Mother long enough to... Something or someone moved in the back of the flower shop, near her workshop. It pushed back a chair and slowly stood up. With her mind completely fogged and disjointed, she panicked. Could it be that demon? Has Jonah died and it's already tracked her here? If so, she was in no condition for a fight. And then, of course, it could be Mother in which case her lie would be exposed. No knife, no blood, no child filled for the day of fulfillment. Clenching her fist, she flipped on the light and felt a huge sigh of relief. It was Nicole. She was wearing a similar black dress to her own and the light bent strangely off her skin, giving her a sickly glow. Her eyes seemed more distant, deep and filled with a sense of, Sister, you're soaked, she said nonchalantly. Nicole, she swallowed hard, trying to regain her composure. I wasn't expecting you. No, obviously not. She looked Maggie up and down with a frown. Why are you soaked? I was expecting to be celebrating with you tonight. Did that boy come here as mother foretold? Maggie walked past her quickly and grabbed the tea kettle and turned on the stove. She had to be convincing that nothing was wrong. Nothing was out of place. As she spoke, she dropped the soaked outfit onto the floor and hung it near the radiator in the back. Nicole settled back in at the table, waiting expectantly for her answer. Yes, he was here. 
And why didn't you kill him? Why? I... I didn't kill him here, she said. I took him to Upper Rift. I figured it would be better to slay him there, where I could tie his soul to that place so he'd endlessly walk the runes as a doomed soul. Nicole closed her eyes with disapproval. That wasn't how Mother wished you to do it. I know, but isn't it better this way, to have his soul wander? Still half-naked, she poured tea into a cup and served her sister as she headed towards her room to retrieve a dry outfit. Perhaps, Nicole said. But the sound of a knife striking the table froze Maggie to the spot. Wouldn't you actually need to stab him to do that? Maggie turned back around to see her sister staring intensely at her, a deep black glow coming from her eyes. I see no trace of blood, she said with a harsh tone. Nothing we can use for the ceremony. Don't you want to join Mother? To be a part of the sisterhood? The Cadric Order? Maggie struggled to reply. No, uh, sister, I... I... Failed. Oh, Maggie, she said, rising from the table, as you have done and done constantly for years. She came up to her so they were face to face and placed her hand on Maggie's bare shoulders. At that, Maggie found the courage to speak about what she had found, what she had seen at the house. If she could convince her sister, maybe they could escape, run away, start a new life. She looked pleadingly into Nicole's dead eyes. Nicole, wait, she begged. It's not as you think. Oh, and pray tell me, how is it not as I think? Her long black fingernails tearing into Maggie, making her wince. Our father, our mother, they were human. I saw it, I saw them. It was a distant buried memory. We aren't creatures. We, we've been tricked. We don't belong here. Nicole frowned and released her. Maggie landed hard on the tile floor. It was cold against her bare skin. What are you telling me? Nicole barked. Maggie slowly got up. The room was swimming, but she was able to stabilize herself, grabbing the edge of one of her work tables. Nicole looked fiercely at her, a vicious grin spreading across her face. She raised her right hand, and dark-shaped objects appeared. They looked like small black daggers. Nicole, what are you doing? Making sure you can't move, she responded, tossing the daggers into the floor around Maggie until they formed a circle. A dark glow began to protrude, and with a harsh, biting tone, Nicole demanded, You will tell me everything, and you will tell me now. Maggie's body went stiff, as if bound by invisible shackles. She felt them tighten, forcing Maggie to speak as she went over the entire story of what she had seen and of the creature that had once been father. Nicole's face looked strained, as if she was fighting a deep emotion. Mother isn't mother? Yes. And father? He sold us to her? So he could have a new family? Yes. I. I. And with an expression that froze Maggie's heart. I know. She started laughing hysterically. I've known all along. 
Actually, it was my idea. What? What are you saying? Nikki, our... Our mother? That useless cunt of a woman? She had nothing to offer us. Not when I could have power. Power enough to strike down angels? And maybe Adona himself. You, you've already completed the fulfillment ceremony, Maggie said. It was clear there was nothing human left inside of her sister. Yes, I have, she laughed. Mother and I thought it would be great fun to drag you along, to trick you into joining us, to make you one of the order. But you're too much like her, and like her... I hate you. Nikki, you're not crying, are you? Oh, this is too much. She waved her hands again, and the shadows moved across the floor. They latched onto Maggie's skin, and as they did so, Nikki began to change her shape and form until she looked exactly like Maggie. Take her away, she commanded the shadows. Lock her on the other side of that mirror but make sure she can see me and the entire flower shop. Understand? Maggie felt their icy cold fingers dig into her flesh as they started dragging her across the floor and towards the mirror. That boy, Nicole continued, the one that you and our incompetent father of ours failed to kill, he will come back here. He has such a beautiful, compassionate heart. He'll want to help you, to save you, and when he does, I will tear it out and eat it. And all the while he'll despair because once again he's betrayed by someone he cares about. No, Nicky. And then I'll force his blood down your throat, making you once and for all our permanent puppet for Master. She turned away as the shadows pulled Maggie through the glass and into the darkness beyond the mirror. Don't worry, Maggie. Unlike me and Mother, the shadows still want you. <laughs> Their touch was so cold, slipping into Maggie as they pinned her in the bleakness, chaining themselves to her, chaining her to the other side of the mirror. There she was to watch as her sister, who now dawned her looks, her voice, and life would wait for Jonah. Would he really come for her? Could a boy really be that stupid? She wondered. She was cold, so cold. Hung half-naked in a mannerism that served only the dark things that desired her. While she couldn't turn her stare away, she could shut her mind's eye and look deep within herself for the answers. While she was not as powerful as Mother or as gifted as Nicole, she still knew the forbidden words and the language of Ekmalak. Maybe she could find something in those memories. Maybe. Maybe there was something she could still use to free herself and rescue Jonah. She'd have to try. She figured she had at least a few weeks. By the way Sister spoke, she knew that Jonah had lived but she also knew that the wounds he had received were grave and it would take him time to recover. Only a true idiot would try to face Nicole and Mother in those conditions. She drifted, searching deeper and deeper in her mind for answers. 
As she did, a dark shroud arose from the well, its tendrils reaching towards her. They, having one purpose and one goal only, to break her once and for all. There, alone in the dark, the torture began. A tortured soul, all alone in the dark. Maggie's been hung out too. <laughs> Dry. Meanwhile, our hero is receiving urgent care in a cave. I wonder if they'll test him for COVID. <laughs> and back at the cafe. How has Terence and Caitlin made out? Don't you think it's time we peer in on them? Hmm? Maybe learn something, anything about Sam? As we venture forth to chapter 13, Broken Home.